Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. Precious blood of the Lamb. 
Could you worship the Lord for a moment? Hallelujah. The King of glory, the King of glory who is Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let your praise rise in this place. Tell him and tell him you love him. Tell him what he means to you. Amen. We bless you, Jesus. You know, when we come, this is just a plain building. Amen. It's a plain building. We come in, there's nothing about the building, the physical structure. And we're human beings, we're people, but when we come in this place and the king of glory comes here, it's not just a building anymore. It becomes a holy ground, a holy place, and you can receive from him what you need. I believe he's here today to meet needs. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. And I, I I just feel like if we can, can we go back through that and, and we're just declaring what he is to us? He's our joy. He's our peace. He's He's our the power. Can we just go back through that? And I want you to sing that to him. You're saying that to him. You're the king of my peace. It's an individual thing. You're telling the Lord, you're the king of my joy. The king of my of my peace and my and it's just telling him I believe if we will take if you'll take this time it's you and him and you you sing this to him and worship him I believe he's going to touch us in this place hallelujah
God has dealt with me about the fourth chapter of John off and on for a while. And that's where we're going to be. And I believe among all the other messages in the Bible that this is so timely right now for the sinner that seems impossible to reach as much as I do for the saint. It's already been reached. Nobody's just left to kind of take it in and think about anybody other than yourself. You know the scriptures, and you know some stories really well, but John chapter 4 just once again demonstrates the mighty, powerful love of Jesus Christ. And just how much he loves people. And, you know, before I leave this earth, I hope and pray that I can adopt and implement in my own life to think and do and be the way Jesus was. John chapter 4 starts by saying, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. This is the story of the woman at the well. 
And Jesus was on his way to Galilee, the same Galilee that we read about many other things that happened in his life, in his ministry. But when he left Judea, he knew, the Bible says, that he must go through Samaria. You see, there would be a woman at Samaria that would need the man, Jesus, the man of all men, the only man, the son of man. She had a reputation of being with men, but just like sin in itself, nothing can fulfill the void in our lives but Jesus the man, nothing else. And so Jesus <clears throat> told his disciples, I'm going through Samaria because I must go that way. I need to go that way. They had no clue what he would be referring to, and they would be very surprised later on when they find out what his mission, what his motive was for going to Samaria. The woman at the well, that a lot of people know, she had five husbands. The man she was living with was not her husband. And the Son of God knew every bit of that better than the busiest busybody in Samaria, the nosiest gossip. Jesus Christ knew it better than everybody. And he still said that not only I should go, but I must go. I, I need to go. I must go through Samaria. You see, church, for Jesus Christ, it, it was not an elective. It was not a maybe. It was a must, must situation. And Jesus, upon needing to go and saying that he must go, by going through Samaria uh, and meeting this woman at the well, he crossed some barriers to do it. In fact, he crossed the line. Three, I want to point out right now, the first line that he crossed was an ethnic barrier. You see, the Jews and the Samaritans had a, a history of ethnic conflict. In fact, they would even not only ridicule each other's uh, holy places of worship, but they would destroy each other's holy places of worship. Jews looked down on Samaritans. In fact, they also uh, considered that Samaritan drinking vessels were, were technically unclean to the way they were uh, taught to live. And so just the fact that Jesus requested water and requested water from a Samaritan drinking vessel, already threw up a red flag, if to nobody else, to this woman. So Jesus crossed an ethnic barrier in order to go somewhere that he said, I must do this. But he, he crossed 
moral, a moral barrier too. You see, this woman came to draw water. It was of the custom of that time for the women to go together and get water for animals, livestock, for cooking, or just personal use. And this woman came along to the well, and she probably was so aware that everybody, but especially the women, knew. The men certainly knew her reputation. That's why she got around. But she probably, in her mind, said, I'm going when nobody else is going to be there, so I don't have to listen to judgment and watch people snicker and point at me and make all kind of comments. I'm just going when I can be by myself and get water. So she probably went at a time when nobody else even thought about going, but one man did. But he crossed a moral barrier in going there because the woman had a reputation. I've already told you, you know that she had five husbands, and the man she was living with at the time was not even a legal husband of hers. So he crossed an ethnic barrier because she was of a, a whole different uh, group of people. She was of a reputation that was less than desirable. But also, Jesus crossed a gender barrier. I don't have to say a whole lot about that word, but in this context, you see the men of that day didn't uh, associate women were in many people's eyes the women were less than men and uh, they were looked down upon and they were treated that way so Jesus uh, to many of his uh, associates or enemies uh, he, he was wrong 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 look at him here he is a woman with this kind of reputation this man He's done miracles, we know, but look at him. This woman has a reputation that's worse than a prostitute. I mean, everybody, everybody knows who she is. So uh, Jesus knew about the ramifications of crossing an ethnic barrier. Jesus knew the ramifications about crossing a moral and also a gender barrier. And I'm just going to go on and tell you, he didn't care one rip. He didn't care. That's why, church, he said, I must go. He didn't care about odds. He didn't look at what could happen. He didn't even think about what the fallout would be among his own followers, his own converts. He never considered any of that. That's why he made it clear, listen, I'm going because I must go. But you see, Jesus was used to doing a lot of must, must things. He came into the world knowing that there would be a lot of must that would be required of him. And I'm going to tell you that Jesus is still today, right now, just like he did with the woman at the well, he is still at this very moment ignoring all kind of barriers because he loves everybody in this church and in this world. Jesus said that 
Marvel not that I said unto you that you must be born again. There's not an option lying in salvation, you see. Jesus also said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. It's must, must. God is a spirit. We've been doing it today. And those that worship him must worship him, must, must, must worship him in spirit and in truth. He said, other sheep I have, they're not of this fold. Them also I must bring. Maybe this is why he went to Samaria because he knew that there was a sheep on its way to being in his fold, you see. And it goes without saying that he said that he must rise again from the dead the third day. And I just want to tell you something, folks, that when you and I understand just how much people are loved, that are Asian, that are black, that are white, that are Hispanic, that are from Ukraine, uh, uh, that are from uh, Russia, that are from Africa, that are from Germany, that are from every other place on the face of this earth. Jesus Christ loves them more than your brain can ever comprehend that church. And everybody, he don't care what you or I or the world. And he certainly loves the Jews, by the way. You need to keep that at the front of your brain at all times. He loves everybody so much, God does, that it was a must that he sent his only begotten son from heaven down to this earth because there is no other way to be saved. You must be born again. Jesus said, I am the door. There is no other way. And you must walk through Jesus if you're ever going to have a relationship with God the Father. It's a must. But we're living in a time right now where people, even inside of the Christian community, all of a sudden again have found that it is okay to be religious instead of being righteous. And I'm going to tell you something. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost behind this podium as I speak to you this morning. And so, Satan, I rebuke you in any form of distraction you would bring to people's minds in this building. Lord, or on a camera, God, would you help us to receive the word? People want to be religious because religion tells you that you are right. Religion tells you you won't get in trouble. See, when you are religious, folks, here's a great litmus test of being a religious person. A Pharisee is the one, or Pharisees, heard that Jesus, anytime you hear about scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees, all these C's in the Bible, anytime you hear about this, these are people that at best were religious people, but they were not righteous people. You see, it would be, speaking of a Samaritan woman, 
it would be a, a, a priest and it would be a Levite that would choose to be religious instead of being righteous and walk on the other side of the street of a person that was beaten and left for dead. You see, when you don't understand how Jesus feels about people, you become religious. That ain't a good thing, church. Because when you say, I'm going to do this because I don't want other people to say, if I'm talking to that person or if I'm showing some kind of interest in that culture or that group, people might disown me or people might shun me or people might want to have nothing to do with me anymore. And you see, we're living in a day, this is one of those things that people don't want to be reminded of and told, but we are in decision-making day. And I'm just going to kind of take this verse. I know it doesn't mean this, but there's a scripture that says, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. You're going to have to make a decision. It wasn't talking about the church, but I'm this church, but I'm telling you the people of God, you're going to have to choose where you are in this day and age and time you're living because Satan's attempt is to get you to be religious instead of being righteous because religious and religion will always keep you away from ministry and it will always keep you to take the shortcut instead of saying, I don't care what people say. I must go talk to this person today. I must go lay my hands on them and pray for them. I must invite them to church. I know they just got out of jail and they're on bond. I know that they're reeking with alcohol or they've got a reputation of being a whoremonger or a lesbian, or a homosexual, or a transgender confused person. But I don't have a choice because I'm a righteous person through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I must get to them because that's what Jesus charged me to do. And that's what he gave me the great pleasure of doing his work. So, you're going to run into a lot of must-must situations and you're going to be right over here. Religion. Religion feels good. Religion's convenient. You see, religion's just this far away from the Bible, you see. And that makes you, as long as you can touch it every now and then, it makes your conscience feel good. It makes you feel right in the sight of God. But let me tell you what, what righteousness, what, what having the mind of Christ and realizing it's not about how much time it's going to take me. It's not about my reputation. See, when you do the will of the Father, you don't care how quick you can get off the hook. Your mind is on your mission in Samaria. And you tell your husband, you tell your wife, you tell your employer, you tell your posse, you tell your friend at school, look, I know people talk and I might get a name, but listen, I don't have an option in this, you see. I've been left here because I must do the work of Jesus Christ. So when you do the work of Jesus Christ, it's going to take you in a way that seems, oh, what's the use of this, Lord? This is so inconvenient in my walk. This is so inconvenient convenient in my life and all Jesus wants you to do is just to realize 
I got to have somebody that's willing to go sit on the middle of a hill somewhere and just wait to do my work. I need somebody that will just go sit at the well. Somebody that understands their Monday is a must for me, not for them in the world. And so God is looking for a generation. God is looking for a Holy Ghost-filled sister or a brother or a church or a remnant or a prayer group or a class or a denomination. God's looking for somebody that'll say, look, I don't care about doing anything else except for what God needs me to do. I'm going to sit at the well. Yeah, I'm going to get a reputation, but you know what? All of heaven's going to be applauding me because I'm doing the will of my Father. I'm doing what God's called me to do. I'm doing what God has left me here to do. Hallelujah. Shortcuts feel good. Shortcuts, you see, getting, getting to Galilee uh, seemed like the ministry spot. You know, Cana of Galilee where Jesus did his first miracle. He turned water into what? Wine. You know, probably there might have been a chance in at least one disciple's mind. we got to get back to Galilee, man. That's where all the action's happening at. Can I tell you something about action? Action is doing what God tells you to do. If there's 10,000 people at that spot or nobody at all but you and the power of the Son of God, that's where the action is. The action is doing what God says to do. There's a lot of people, I'm going to be right here for a second, guys. There's a lot of people in your life. We're going to bring it home for a minute. We know about the world, but there's a lot of people in your life. There's some people in this room that you think that God can't get to you. You think that you are not righteous enough. You think that you don't know enough about the Bible. You don't even really attend church uh, for the right reason sometimes. You, you got all these things and you got a track record of times you did pray. And even what you're involved in right now has given you permission in your mind and in your spirit to think, well, Jesus is not going to, Get to where I am right now. You know Acts 17 tells us, Acts 17, 27, as a matter of fact, says he's never very far from any of us at all anyway. There's a lot of people that cannot do what God's called you to do in this church right now. You cannot do it because you just think that Jesus is a name you sing and a name you know, but he won't get to you. Let me tell you something this morning. That song says that Jesus is just as close as the mention of his name. And I'm going to tell you right now, you absolutely cannot get away from him. Do you hear me? Jonah tried to outrun the presence of God. He couldn't do it. Even inside of the belly of a fish, of a whale. Even inside there. God is so close that he still could hear him crying out to him. 
And I'm telling people today here, or maybe somebody might watch later on, uh, on the radio broadcast, you might hear this. I want you to know, there's nobody in your life, there's not a son or a daughter that Jesus can't get to. There's not anybody that you can name that Jesus will not leave where he is and go run to them. That's why he said, I'll leave 99 people to go get that one at the well. I'll do whatever I need to do because everybody in this room, every son, every daughter, every mother, every father, every in-law, every enemy that you know of is a must, must situation for Jesus Christ. Jesus wants everybody saved. He wants everybody restored back to the Father. That's what his blood, we're about to enter the Easter season. And that's what it was all about. It wasn't just about crosses and all these celebrations that happened, but it was about redeeming something that belonged to God. Let us make man in our own image. And God knew the only way there must be a way, and there was a way. His name was Jesus, so he didn't think it was robbery to step down out of heaven into a manger and be born with animals and feces and urine all around filling up the aroma of the room because he knew that the Father must redeem what belonged to him, so he came down to this earth, and he don't see Jews and Gentiles and blacks and whites and Hispanics and Asians and transgenders, he sees souls, he sees creations, he sees people, and all he knows is he left heaven because everybody is a must-must. So what you and I have to do, we've got to realize, a lot of people get offended. Oh, oh, a lot of people will get offended at this. I hope nobody in here does, but you've got to understand something. You cannot, even a Bible, I, I, I think there's not one, but even a Bible that has been edited to death and it's not of God, there's, you can't show me in that Bible right there where it says that when you become a citizen of heaven, when God redeems you back to himself through Jesus Christ, and I've told you this, but I'm going to say it again for the sake of new people. There's no such thing as a white man and a black man. Or I'm of Irish descent. Or I'm a... That's, that's null and void. See, you give up this life in order to embrace that life, in order to receive that citizenship. I can't still be white and be a child of God at the same time because my whiteness is irrelevant, you see. See, I knew about that too. I know everybody because people love their heritage and they love all their ancestry and stuff. But see, what happens, people turn that into idol worship. They do. But, but what about my forefathers? That's who I'm talking to you about. Your forefather, Abba, Father. That's who I'm talking about. I'm not, my daddy's here. And we got a great preaching heritage in our family. But let me tell you something. That's not who defines me. Who defines me is the one that redeemed me and bought me and didn't look at the fact that I did mess 
when I was in my teenage years and early 20s. That ain't the one that redeemed me. The one that redeemed me looked past all that stuff. You know, looked past my faults. And he saw my needs. That's the one that I am now ownership of. That's, the, that's whose property I am now. People get offended because they still want to hold on to things of this world, but still you, you want the assurance of that life and that world. You got to choose again. You got to choose where you are. Let me ask you something. For those of you that are still struggling with that, uh, when the trumpet sounds, and, and, and I'm going to just use white because I'm white, okay? But it applies to every shade, every group, every nation, every person, every origin on the earth. But I'm using me because I won't get offended by using me because this is irrelevant. It's sunburn, peel off. Irrelevant to me. So let me tell you something. When the trumpet sounds, do you still want to be a little bit of white man or do you want to be... All citizen of heaven, Jesus. Because you can't be both. You can't. Do you still want a little bit of your earthly heritage? And how, or do you want, oh, I want him just to see the blood of Jesus redeemed. That's all I want God, when the trumpet sounds. See, this is why. This is why people can't completely sell out to God because their citizenship, their religion still matters. And as long as you're religious, you'll never, ever, ever pay attention to a Samaritan woman or you'll never pay attention to a man laying for dead because their label, their heritage, and, and your reputation will always create a barrier for you. I just hope everybody's listening today. I really do. Because... This is the key to revival, what I'm preaching of right now. This is it. It's not getting an evangelist in here. It's not playing the right kind of song or the, a fast song or slow. Let me tell you, the key is that when the current church that we have right here understands that, listen, everybody, everybody is a must, must situation. And I will do whatever I have to do to go get that man, go get that woman. I won't let their money scare me and think they are not receptive to the gospel or their lack of it. I won't let their homelessness, I won't let their reputation. I, 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 in fact, I'm going to go when I think they are at the well. See, Jesus could have went when all the women was there. But what did he do? He went when the one was there. And I'm going to tell you, if you go and you are in John 4 and you look at verse 42, this is what will happen, church, in Scotland County when you refuse to take shortcuts and you refuse to be religious. This is exactly what will happen. And said, and many more, verse 41 said, many more believe because of his own words. But verse 42 is what I want you to really pay attention to. And said unto the woman, now we believe not because of thy saying, talking about the woman, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So see, by Jesus, 
refusing just to bypass Samaria and get on up to Galilee and get the high fives and, you know, have the, the armor bearers and the bodyguards and everybody all the way around him, you know, the paparazzi waiting on him. He said, no, nah, y'all go get some lunch, told the disciples. I must go to Samaria. And that right there, that right there, by him doing that, this woman was converted. She became the modern-day Facebook. She became the modern-day Instagram. She became uh, the modern-day uh, billboard. She told everybody. The city came to where Jesus was. A lot of them believed when she started testifying. But when they got to where Jesus was, the Bible said, they said, now we all believe, and it's not because you... We've heard it with our own ears. That would have never occurred and happened had Jesus took a shortcut and went on to Galilee. And there are people in your life and in my life and in our community, if we would just say, I'm going out of my way, if that's a possibility. I'm doing what I need. To. I'm not going to do what feels good. I want to let my body be a living sacrifice today. I don't care. It may even cost me my job, but I'm going to do it because there's no telling what's on the other side of that, verse 42. You may win the 30,000 people we've been talking about just by you going somewhere that seems a lost cause. There are no lost causes when it comes to Jesus Christ. There's nobody worth saving because the blood of Jesus will wash every sin of every sinner away, church, and we've got to get that into our walk with him. We've got to do it. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, if you will. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, don't be like them. Don't be like them. Don't be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask. You know what? While you're standing up, this is what I want to do. I love the computer. I love modern technology. But I'm going to tell you something. There's just a, a great feeling about me thumbing through my Bible while I'm in here with you. Don't be like them. What was he talking about? Let me read verse 7 to you. He said, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Who's the heathen? Well, that's the religious people. The Pharisees, the scribes, the priests. They go around with their robes and they wanted people to hear them in the marketplaces and in the streets. And they would just keep reciting the same old prayers loud as they could just so people would, what we would say, would stroke them. Jesus said this, don't be like them. Don't do it, church. If you don't get nothing else today, don't be like them. Be like him. Go to where you know God is sending you to see somebody that needs him. Do it. 
They may never walk. They might not even drive past multitude's church. That too is irrelevant. What matters is, is will you drive by them? Don't be like them, verse 8. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. So today, all of us are standing up in the house of God together. And I just want to, first of all, I'm, I want to ask the sheep that are here. Will you be honest with the Lord Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit right now? Will you just be honest and say, well, I just feel like Jesus has never gotten to me. I just feel like he, he's too busy. He don't, he don't care. I don't mean you're not saved. That might be the case. But I just feel like he, it's never going to happen. Let me tell you, I'm too low. And, and this is what, you know, y'all that tried to get people to come to church before or saved, you always get this among other lines. Well, when I get some things straightened out, y'all have ever gotten that before? Yeah, when I get some things straightened out then. What, what, what do you think you're going to get straightened out that's going to impress God? Nothing. Because I can promise you this, if you repent and pray, he's going to wash away and forgive something a whole lot worse than what you think you're straightening out. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner and you violated the law of God and you've stored up wrath. And for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life? If you have not done that or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I wanna pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, 
and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us the, a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-400-1199. Listen, we'd like to help you out on your journey. And there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission. And you're part of that. So let us pray for you. And if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything. Uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now. And that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.